Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's my favorite podcast intro. <laughs> I'm nervous now. Hold on. Let me get into a high space. <laughs> oh, I can get started. Watch out. Watch out. This is good, dude. Okay. Good morning. It might not be morning. Good afternoon. <laughs> Hi. Hey, Nini. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm feeling amped. What day are we on? I, Did you, we started at different times. I started on February 11th and you started on February 2nd. So I'm, I'm 46 days. What are you? I can do the math for you immediately. <laughs> <laughs> you have 37 days. I'm 37 days. Oh my God. I'm 10 days ahead. Mm-hmm. 10 days wiser. It's kind of funny because you were born first, you know, two days, two minutes faster. I was born two days before. I was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm 46. You're 37. Mm-hmm. Cool. 46 days, 37 days. I uh, still like rap music. So that's a huge plus. Yeah. Like your major interest didn't just evaporate. The I'm a completely you stopped different person. Me I too. am going to have to confess. I have been listening to a lot of gospel music <laughs> <laughs> and it's not because of the content. It's because of the the oomph, that feeling. Yeah, she's actually not being sarcastic. We have been listening to... You got me on the gospel train almost immediately. Dude, yeah. We've listening to Kanye's gospel choir, and it is just... There's something about it that is hitting. I've actually had a f- literally three different friends text me a screenshot from my Spotify playing list and be like, yo, you good? <laughs> <laughs> It'll go from, you know, rap music or some hardcore music or really just jazz into gospel. So that's kind of my biggest update. What's your biggest update off the dome? I feel like a boss baddie this past month. Yes. Why? I have felt very powerful, very into my relationship with myself. I feel like a baddie. I feel in control of my life more than I ever have. Do you think that the not drinking and smoking is part of it? Yes. How do you know that it's part of it? Or like what makes you feel like it's contributing to your wings? Because I think there is something to be said about people that continuously put themselves in situations that are difficult in pursuit of the betterment of their future self. And I am feeling the residual effects of that in my day-to-day life through more of like a felt sense, Mm. energetic effect. And sure, my body and my mind feel good, but it feels beyond that. So, so off the dome, you're saying this past month, I felt like a baddie. You feel powerful. Yeah, I feel powerful. Also, it's kind of nice because we're going into this transition into spring and the sun is coming up sooner. What? We just had a birthday. Oh, duh. My freaking God, Nina. Duh. Duh. We turned um, 58. (laughs) <laughs> which is each of us, we, we each turned 29, but as a unit, we turned 58. We have t- 58 years between us. It's incredible. It's really incredible. We're very wise. We had a birthday. We're almost at retirement. And the plan was to start this kind of before our birthday, because then we could rack in that year mark before our 30th. And yeah. So we can just like go off the rails right before our 30th We're going to just send it. We actually, we went out to dinner to this Italian spot, me, Marina, and Justin. And the waiter, you know, he asked us what we wanted to drink. And then we said nothing. Uh, like, can we have a non-alcoholic uh, cocktail? And he made us something. And Justin didn't drink that night. And by the end of it, I mean, we ate so much food and we had a ton of energy. Really, we had a really fun time. And he finally asked, like, why aren't you drinking? We said, oh, we're, we're going to do a sober year. And then he said, he was like, 
did you have a really tough time? No, no he, he was said, like, did you? He said, did you go off the rails yeah, a little bit? Said, and I was like, first of all, if I did, what a way to, you know, ask me about my trauma. Yeah, he's like a middle-aged man who's just like coming, who we did not connect with until no, before. Because no Sandra vibe. was laying out some of her best material, if I, I was may say so, so funny that night. I truly leveled up in my humor. It was impressive. He should have been like... You know, I almost think I should go. I honestly think that was him trying to be funny and connect with us, was asking us if we had an um, alcohol abuse problem. But I think that that was him trying to connect with us, to be and honest. And I was like, bro, you have no idea how hard it is to not order a digestif right now to finish off this meal. And you're, you know, you're really sending it. But you know what we did is we did order coffees. And that used to be our go-to anyway. Espresso. Which is a perfect digestif. And I've we've substituted for We used to love Fernet. Well, we still love Fernet. Stinky. Whether or not we're drinking it or not, we love Fernet. But instead of drinking Fernet at the end of a meal, now we're just drinking some, we had some coffee. Yeah, but Which I'm really I'm sensitive to espresso. So like that's not even really the substitute I'm 100% looking for. But we just like to finish off with some sort of bitter liquid. Yeah, and we're both kind of trying to wean off of caffeine too. I'm just really trying to be intentional when I drink it. But also I'm kind of bringing it back in in a Me way. Too. I like it in my mornings. It's helping with, not even helping, it's just, it's a nice, it's nice to welcome it back. I like to drink coffee before I work out because it's a natural pre-workout. It's one of the greatest pre-workout sourcing choices that you can make really, before an intensive workout. So I it helps it. you, you know, after poo? No, um, no. But um, <laughs> I drink it before I do my personal training with Kara on Thursday mornings and then I'll drink it before I teach dance on Wednesday mornings. And then the rest of the days I do decaf or half-calf. You know what I kind of noticed during birthday week too? So I didn't feel the pressure or the interest to like go out and dance or drink, but I also felt curious of like who was going to be like, hey, do you want to go out and dance and drink or just do anything? Do you want to go out and do these things? And because I think I'm seeking less of it, I felt like I heard less of that. For example, less of my friends inquired about going and doing something for my birthday because they all know that I'm not drinking. And because I'm putting out the vibes that my desire is to not spend my time doing that, I felt like I didn't get the inquiries back in return. It's kind of interesting. It's like what you put out into the universe, the universe is going to answer in the way that you're asking for it. And that's yeah. kind of how it felt. I got more like conversational, very thoughtful, intriguing questions from my friends who are just touching base rather than like how are we gonna fucking spend your time and your energy and celebrate you it was Marina it was very different from a lot of other birthdays yeah back to your point about the universe giving you what you put out there life is just one giant freaking mirror and feedback loop too. yes yes I always feel weird about my birthday mm -hmm. Sandra feels the same way usually her and I want to either spend it together or we want to spend it alone this year we actually didn't see each other on our exact birthday but I usually feel a little weepy and down and I always say my love language is people not asking things from me but like dropping off something cute on my front porch that is my perfect birthday interaction with people around me. And I get, I think I just get so sensitive around my birthday. Yeah, I think that's common. I don't think it's common. A lot of people really love their birthdays. And for the people that don't love their birthdays, I think people feel gushy about it. Yeah, I feel like the people that don't love their birthdays are probably water signs and they're probably people pleasers and they're so terrified of people putting themselves out of comfort in order to support you that it makes them very uncomfortable. And then you have this little part in your heart that's wishing and hoping the people that are closest to you in your life like see you and then when they don't, you feel really let down. Yeah, And then you have to sit in discomfort on your birthday and you're just like, fuck. Totally, which at the end of the day is extremely passive and not like super functional high vibes but I still had 
I had a great birthday. Yeah. So I look forward to that relationship changing, but I do love that I, did, I didn't spend my birthday drinking. I didn't spend my birthday going out. I got to be with myself, which I feel like is super treasured. But anyways, I digress. You know what I think that just made me think about? You know how you and I love to spend our birthdays together? Well, something that Marty and I also love to do, and we like to drink together and then go karaoke or honestly sit at the bar top and chat for hours and hours and hours. And we do that anyways, right? We do that without drinking. But I also miss that. I miss going to karaoke or I miss me and you being like, fuck it, we're going to dinner and drinking was a part of it. It's not that it made it more special or the fact that we were more willing to share showing parts of ourselves. But I don't know why. I miss that. Of what course, is that? I miss it too. I miss that I don't give a fuck energy. I mean, I still don't give a fuck. But it's different. I know. There's an escapist mentality that comes from drinking that you and I seek out, which is why I think this is a huge reason for us not drinking this year. Because when you and I need to turn off and escape, dude, you and I are very good at it. Yeah. We're either sleeping or we're like partying. So we took out the partying. So now it's like, Jesus, I don't need 10 hours of sleep every night. Straight up. I'm like, this is a bit of overkill. But what I have realized this past month is that I have not abused my sleep. I have not abused my sleep. I haven't either. I've gotten a very healthy amount of sleep, but I think because I'm deeply introverted underneath it all, I have such a social life and job and the way that I position myself in society that I have to sleep like 10 hours a night to recharge. Same. On the sleep thing, I don't miss staying up late. That is something I can wholeheartedly say. I do miss the activities that I would do whilst staying up late, i.e., Candy rain, karaoke, dancing anywhere. We'll dance in a house. We'll dance in a bar. I don't even miss the bars. It's the activity that I miss. But I don't miss staying up late because when I get amped, I'm up until somebody tells me to leave, you know? So that's like two, three in the morning. But this past month, I kid you not, I've gone to bed between nine or even sometimes like 8.30 and 11 every single night, no fail. I don't miss that. And I'm loving how it's slowly changing my schedule because I'm going to bed earlier and waking up earlier. I've unlocked an entirely different part of my day, an entirely different part of my personality and self that's coming up during these times. Like 10 a.m. Cassie is now 7.30 a.m. Cassie. She's showing up at 7.30 in the morning, which shows me that 10 a.m. Cassie is a different type of Cassie that we've never seen before. So that's been really intriguing. I've been loving that. You've never been a late. I can't relate to that. So you can't relate. You've always gone to, I mean, you've been going to bed early since. Yeah. I miss the activities. I miss the activities that bring me and certain groups of friends together through drinking. Because some of my. Let's talk about that. Some of my favorite groups of people, some of my, we have the best time when we're drinking. We do. And we have the funniest conversations and we laugh a lot and we talk about love and we talk about loss and we talk about so many different emotions that otherwise might not come up with so few inhibitions. Like Natasha Benningfield would say. Feel the rain on your skin. No one else can feel it for you. Only you can let. For example, that song we have sang so many times with our friends. We have. While uninhibited. You mean while inebriated? Well, also uninhibited, Yeah, right? that's true. You mean uninhibited. I don't think... To be uninhibited means to be, you know... Feel- Inhibitions? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, to be uninhibited. Uh, doing a quick Ex- Uninhibited. Expressing one's feelings or thought unselfconsciously and without restraint. Okay, mm. perfect. You know what's the funny about what you said is 
I totally can relate. Certain groups of people are the groups that you hang out with when you're drinking. And it's nearly 100% a good time when you're with those people. Yeah, I, I miss so those So we miss that, right? But then it's like, do they come back around? Do you make new ways to spend time with those people? Or do you just leave them in that category? That's the question. Because I literally don't know. So I'm month- feeling FOMO now. I'm also feeling a little bit of sadness of being left out. And it's not like deep-rooted sadness. just like a little bit of an ouch. Feel left out. But then it's also the whole thing of, well, I'm putting into the universe that I don't want to drink. So why are you getting a little squishy and upset when you're not invited to the drinking related things? It's the wanting the cake and eating it too. But just recognizing that these feelings are coming up. So do I never hang out with those people again? Yeah, I think that's it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, of course bro. not. I said that as a joke, but I think there are some people that I just won't see anymore. Think about how many people we won't see because we don't go to O'Reilly's every week now. Dude, I know. And it's kind of funny because we didn't put too much thought or energy into going to these places. We would just go. It would just be a part of our evening or whatnot, just the way that we socialize. And now it's just as quickly as it goes in, it, it's out. That doesn't make me that sad. Do you think they're worried about us because they haven't seen us? We should just stop in and let them it's know like, that we're okay. It's like, I want to be missed. But why? Why do I want to be missed? Because I'm still grieving Party Cassie. I still think about her fondly. The outfits that she would wear. Like, Marina, I haven't put on a fucking fire outfit in over a month. I mean, I've put on some, like, great outfits, but, like, a fire, frosty, spicy outfit? I haven't done it. And I'm like, okay, am I just, like, in yoga pants every day now? Because, listen, I go to yoga every day, and I love being comfortable and taking three showers a day because it's my happy place. Yes. But also... You take three showers a day? Um, at least two. Really? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Is that new? No. You take three showers a day? For what reason? Um, it's, cl- it's just like my cleansing. Well, I go to How's yoga. How's your skin, bro? Fantastic. I abiyanga every day. Do you abiyanga after every shower? Pretty much, yeah. At least clavicles up 100% of the time. She's talking about self-oiling. But back to it, though. What I'm saying is like that part of me that like vibrates so high and gets so bouncy and fun. It is showing up in different ways, but not as big and bright as it did when I get dressed and go out and go dancing. Am I just retiring that version of myself? I'm clearly growing into a different version. Okay, well, in Women Who Run With Wolves, (laughs) one of my favorite books of all time, she talks a lot about different ways to channel energy. I'm also rereading that right now, Marita. I just love that you brought it up. And she talks a lot about how so many of us are trained to funnel our strong energetic presence through our sexual channels and she discovers all the different ways that you can channel this energy through art through communication through different behavioral mechanisms through whatever I used to feel that way that you described in college Marina's like I felt that way in college no 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 you missed it you missed it I used to feel like the really fun 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 side of me would come out when I would party in college. And then when I started to kind of divorce myself away from that a little bit, I actually no longer associate my party side as my fun side anymore. For the most part, I actually feel most fun and beautiful and strong when I'm like doing a wellness event or something. Okay. If we're getting actually like deep and thoughtful for a second, same. I also feel my most beautiful self when I'm alone or with one other person that I feel like sees me in when I'm cooking or when I'm doing a ritual, right? So I get that. I totally, at the end of the day, see you on that, but it doesn't make me forget that fun that I had when I was like going out and like amped up. And I mean, Marina, when I go out and I'm around a group of people, we talked about what it means to be a, what did you call it? Like a, not a chronic 
co-regulator, but somebody who like a super co- co-regulator, a super co-regulator. This is something that's in her blood. So when I'm at the wedding or when I'm at the dance party or the birthday party or anything, it is deep within my soul and passion to feel like I want to be a part of co-regulating that event. So that's queuing up the tunes or bringing two groups of people together to dance together or initiating speeches, stuff like that, where that really only happens in scenarios where we're drinking. I recognize that it's a part of who I am, but it was only showing up when I was out and we're all drinking. I'm just curious to see where that energy will funnel through this and now moving forward. And what I'm noticing is that I'm kind of turning into a loner. And I'm like, I'm not upset about it. And I'm not self-conscious about it, but I'm hella aware, Marina, that I can make maybe one plan a week. That isn't 100% something that I want to do. I'll go to yoga and go to the gym and go for a run. And if it's with somebody, that's great. I'd be doing it anyways. To make a social engagement for me right now is just, I've had like two in a month. It's not because I'm like, I can't. I'm not drinking. It's it's that I don't want to. Double like. (laughs) It's relatable. Double like, heart, subscribe. You know what I mean? Just be yourself. Be yourself. Be yourself. Be yourself. Loner territory. You're in it too? This is what I will say. I have a max out of time I can spend with people. So for me, one-on-one time, I thrive in one-on-one environments, but I have a 45-minute cap. And then I completely, I can go up to one hour, but at the end of one hour, I am fully fried. And I notice this because I meet with a lot of people for my job or the ways that I position myself in the community. But at that one hour mark, I am completely fried. Mm -hmm. However, if you add a second person to the mix, it's a little bit easier for me to socialize. And then if you add a third person in the mix, then like three, hanging out with three people total or four people total is perfect for me. And then anytime you increase it, it starts to feel like more work again. I have like this new found realization of exactly how many people can be around at one time for me to like exude a certain amount of energy and I can prepare for that ahead of time. You know what I I mean? You just gave people the formula to get close to you. So for anybody who's (laughs) looking to get closer to Marina, you know how to do it now. (laughs) Yeah, 45 minutes is perfect. Honestly, Marina, I think it's because there's so much going on around all of us. Career, self-work, friendships, love, interpersonal. I'm at the point right now, I have zero interest in even reading because I have so much that I'm taking in every day that I'm essentially at my brim, at my capacity to even take in literature, (laughs) even though it brings me so much joy. And what you're telling me is, You're at your 29th year. You've been socializing for a long time. You have developed and contributed and benefited from a lot of relationships in your life. But you're realizing now what it looks like for you to actually come out of a conversation or hang out feeling well. And you know what I think we've done for so long is when we were out drinking and even just hanging out with people and drinking and maintaining these relationships that we love with people, both both sides. I didn't realize that I was giving so much. I was literally giving so much that I was at a quiet deficit for years. And I'm at the point now where I'm like, oh my gosh, I think that I'm actually just like slowly refilling my, what do they call it? The rain barrel effect. And because I'm just so sensitive to when I'm moving back towards deficit territory. And I think it can look like loner, selfish and feel, feel lonely, but it's just some catching up that's happening. There are two things I want to say now. One is that the giving tree situation 
I, it's starting to feel very like raw and real once you remove yourself out of filler situations. Filler situations on face value, you feel like you're being social and you're a part of the community and you're hitting these cool events and you're cool at part of these cool parties. You're wearing cool outfits, you're drinking cool drinks, but they're really like filler moments. And when you start to strip those away and you start to look at your relationships on a little bit closer of a realm and you ask yourself, am I participating in a way that actually feels good to me versus like just going through the motions again is something that I have been looking at a lot where I give away my time like it's no sweat off my back and then I'll look at my schedule and realize that I am promising more of myself and more of my time to all the people around me that just look at me and blink and think I want her time and I'm like okay okay imagine saying okay to 40 different people throughout a week I'm realizing that it's not benefiting me anymore. And the other thing I wanted to talk about was these filler moments where I'm meeting with someone or I'm hanging out with somebody. I'm not interested in hanging out with somebody one-on-one or in a group setting where we talk for an hour or more and no one actually says anything about how they're feeling. Dude. I can't do it anymore. Dude. You know I, what and you can see it in my eyes. I like check out. Yeah, you actually very much obviously do it and I kind of admire it. Dude, you know you what do just, it too. You know what just came to me? What? Can I get a drum roll, please? Rather than filler moments, I'm looking for fuller moments. Like I want to feel full in pretty much mostly every moment that I'm spending my time. And because I've gotten a small dose recently within this past year, but let's get into that microcosm right now of this past, you know, 46 days, the full moments that I've had, I've experienced it now and I can't pretend I haven't. I have experienced such trueness of joy and self. I no longer can play naive and play silly and be like, oh no, it's okay. I, I, I can go back over here overextending myself like the giving tree that I naturally am, like most women are conditioned to be. I can't play that role anymore because I'm deliberately lying to myself if I am. And yes, we all have a ton of ways to work through what it means to feel good in your own brain and body. And for me, it's me aligning with my most authentic self. And what I'm saying is because I've seen such an authentic self the past 46 days, I can no longer pretend that that's not who I am and what makes me feel really good. So I'm going to keep walking down that path, even if I miss karaoke, you know, fuller over filler, fuller, fuller moments, filler over filler moments Mm. to align with your true desires and your true self. That's how you, you lead a, a beautiful life of joy and ease and contentment. That's what Abraham Hicks talks all about. You will attract the vibration in which you seek if you ask yourself, am I aligning my ego as closely to my soul as possible? And you know what Abraham Hicks also says? That work in quotation marks doesn't look very hard, right? So I was talking to a friend and he was saying, it doesn't look like I do a lot. And I was like, wow, I can relate. It doesn't look like I do a lot. But the way that I spend my quiet time or the way that I get ready for bed or even just disappear into the woods for hours or whatever that is. That is like very full, juicy, nourishing time for myself. And that's the hard work. That's for me the hardest work. It's honestly harder doing that than being in plank for 10 minutes. No freaking joke, Marina. I could do an hour of course straight. And it's more difficult for me to set a routine, a really modest routine that feels good for my brain every day. That's the harder work. I think most people would agree with that. Check this out, dude. I have three calendars. It's just somehow gotten to this point. I don't know. I have a calendar where I put my physical and spiritual practice. So if I take a cold shower, if I go to yoga, if I do my pranayama, my meditation, I write it on that calendar. 
And then on top of it, I have another calendar where I kind of write about my moods and what I did that day and who I saw. And I'll have little icons like a smiley face or a heart to indicate certain things. And then I have a mood, like more of a mood-based journal, which is what my therapist asked me to keep track so I could line it up with my cycle charting. And the past month, for the first time in over a year, I haven't experienced a severe bout of what feels like depression for the first time. And I can say that because I know myself well enough and I've been very present that I know for a fact that there has been an impact from the past 45 days of quiet, a little bit more lonely time spent. And I haven't spent two days straight in bed, which usually kind of happens. I'm not going to lie. Once a month for about two days, whether they're back to back or separate, I kind of spend like a huge chunk of time in bed because I run myself dry. I haven't this month. She's growing. She's sprouting. She's living. She's doing less. I think this whole time, what's coming up for me is that I've so desperately been needing to do less. And rather than forcing myself to do less in a routine, it just kind of had to naturally come. And all of that has been showing up in this first month of sobriety. I think this whole time I've been needing to do less so that I could recharge in a way that was really beneficial for me. And it's showing up in this first month because I didn't realize, actually I did realize, but to an extent, I didn't realize how much space I was making by not drinking and going out. It's not just the liquid and the money, Marina. It's like the energy and the time and the space. I mean, it was a lot. It's beyond. And so it's being filled basically within quotation marks, nothing. I'm filling it with nothing but just self. Thinking, a little bit of reading, writing, and lighting a ton of candles. And I, I just feel so well right now. Because I think that I didn't feel well for a really long time. I'm going online, dude. My body is going online. My brain is going online. Clarity is happening. And I'm not attributing every little bit of that to fucking 46 days of not drinking because I've been doing a lot of things the past year that are an amalgamation of support. But it's showing up in the first 46 days in a very clear way. Can you relate? Yes, I can. <laughs> yes, I can relate. It also goes back to our first episode when you were talking about clearing out the noise and one time we were in my garage and we were having ourselves a night and you told me that my mantra for 2023 should be do less Mm -hmm. and you kind of like berate is the word that comes to mind but what I really mean to say is that you imparted a lot of wisdom very quickly on me about how I do way 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 too much and I'm only I'm only doing a disservice to myself. And so the do less piece was there. And then now we are seeing what happens if we take out the variables that have a mutual exclusivity with noise and doing more and the giving tree and just siphoning off our energy to 50 different places and depriving ourselves of sleep. Yeah, all of those things that arise for space to come into your life so that you can do less. And what it's showing me at least, and through all, you know, Marina, you've taught me a lot about the nervous system and my nervous system. And it's telling me a lot about the relationship that I have deeply with my nervous system. And before I even get that, the reason why I told Marina to reduce, reuse, Rihanna, recycle, remember I made that joke, the fact that I think that she should bring in less into her years because I'm witnessing somebody that I know very well that I can see for who she is, Neen. And I'm like, bro, I really think that you should focus on less less, less, because sometimes you can't see everything that's surrounding you in such a dense, oversaturated, chaotic way. And it takes a second to realize that 
there is so much that is in your bubble. And I think it's helpful when somebody else can help you see that. It's like when you're overstimulated, right? In your nervous system. For a long time, the only way that I could feel relief in a workout was running or a high intensity workout because I was so highly stimulated in my sympathetic response. Where your attention goes, your energy flows. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) The past month, you and I have spent a lot of time on Stardust Standard. A lot of time. And we are putting so many hours into something that we care deeply about. And when it's time to birth it into the world, we're going to see it come out a fully formed, beautiful baby. Mm -hmm. We're having our first baby. We're very excited. And I wanted to also say that coming into my 29th year, the vision that I had for so many years, I've spent my life being like this little tadpole getting sucked into different currents and just getting whooshed from someone's exciting moment or distressful period of time or moment of change, this and that, just into people's lives when they need it, when they call. I'm just like, there I am, there I am, there I am. And it's led to some very beautiful moments and amazing relationships in my life. But I've always been at the mercy of other people's energy currents. And for my 29th year, I have this idea. I'm creating this orb, this beautiful orb. It's like golden and warm. And I empty everything out of my orb except me. And I ask myself, what do you want to call in? What do you want to bring in? What are you pulling and attracting out from the world into your little orb? And so that's how I'm moving forward. Do you kind of imagine that this orb is a bit gelatinous and underwater? No, I imagine it being like glowy, really glowy on the outside and really, really dark on the inside, like a piece of the universal atmosphere. So cool. Yours is more galactical and mine's more aquatic. My (laughs) orb is aquatic. I love that. Marina and I were talking about it doesn't have to feel wrong or right or really anything to change up what's in your orb at all. Because as we're changing, the things around us need to change. And we both clearly are seeking a bit more quiet and deliberate, just being deliberate with what we're bringing in and what we're experiencing and how we're spending our energy. So it's what do we want to introduce one by one into this orb? And for me, without drinking, it's making things really a bit more clear for me. Dude, the way that I'm seeking attention now, very different than the way I would seek attention when I'm drinking. And I've been noticing this too. I'm like kind of keeping an eye on it. I find it to be- chaotic curious that when I was drinking I would seek attention in very specific consistent ways I would have the same trend over and over and over again and it's nice to be like okay where is that energy going I'm like kind of following it and not telling it where to go I'm just noticing where it's going something else I wanted to say about your orb analogy I noticed that these tiny little things that I'm bringing into my routine every day tiny little things guys truly having the glass of lemon water before coffee and taking the cold shower and having a restful mind before sleep, they've somehow made their way into the non-negotiable territory of my life. Because the meaning that I have associated with them, because I've seen sort of like the impact or just the positive attachment I've created over the past month or two or three, depending on what the routine is, it's created such clear, positive results and impact that no matter what I'm doing those things every day, even if I don't want to, like I don't necessarily want to take the cold shower, but I do it five days a week because I know it's a part of this greater thing. And that's kind of been my theme of the past month. It's release and have faith. I don't need to fucking have a solution to everything here. I feel lonely. Well, what am I going to do to not feel left out and FOMO? I haven't danced out in a month. What am I going to do? It's like, instead of coming up with all these solutions, I'm just releasing the things that I know don't necessarily feel so good anymore and having faith that other things and positivity and energy and vibration will find its way to me. And in the meantime, 
time, I'm going to create a lot of space in doing that. And for you, what that looks like is a dark, deep galactical orb. And mine is a warm, glowing orb underwater. And we're kind of just witnessing what's going into each other's orb. And I think that's really, really cool. We also do have some friends that have also committed to a sober year. And that has been cool to hear about their whys and their impact thus far. And that's been really inspiring. Yeah. Whether it's a sober year, whatever, just seeing friends commit to new things, that's exciting for me. Yeah, I want to surround myself with people that are exploring different avenues of themselves, different pursuits in maybe it's the physical body, maybe it's the spiritual path, maybe it's the mental and emotional space. I am definitely drawn towards those people right now. I have noticed that my anxiety has increased significantly, actually. Parts of my anxiety have increased too, for sure. Like my general anxiety is back. So I haven't had a depressive bout in bed, sure. But has my anxiety come back? Absolutely. My general anxiety is like this little hum that's just kind of in the background. And I know that it's there and I know how to calm it down, but it's kind of like always there. I'm like, bro, this is very exhausting to calm this down all the time. And I think it's coming from a place of insecurity. I feel it's a different source of anxiety, whether you realize it or not, because anxiety, very real for you and I. Ksana and I would get very shameful the day after that we would go out and just have a good time. Some would say crippling, dude. We would get, yeah, we'd get really down on ourselves about how many cigs we smoked or how much we drank or how late we stayed up. And that's where that anxiety would come from was like, come on, your body wants more for you. Your mind wants more for you. Whereas this anxiety, for me at least, is coming from a place of I've removed the distractions and the noise and now the actual truths are starting to rise to the surface. And oftentimes these will feel a little bit more real and heavier and bigger and they take a bit more delicate approach to observe and it'll take longer to unfold, but they're like actual features of my personality or my past that need attention instead of just a result of an acute moment in time. Does that make sense? Totally. Oh my God. I can't believe you just said that. I've been thinking about the fact that it's kind of hard to know what your personality is deep, deep, deep down. Deep down, who am I? When you eliminate all of the hats and whatever that you wear to operate in society as the person that you want to present yourself as or the person that is presented and perceived by other people. So I've been extremely curious about, well, who who am I actually, you know? And it's kind of been breaking my brain, Marina. I don't have an answer to any of that. And I I think that my anxiety is coming from leaving space for these truths to come up. But me being pretty impatient about being like, well, what does this mean then, Cass? Come on. It's, you know, you're creating the space. How are you not superbly profound in all of these findings? And why haven't you written a series of essays that are explaining blah, 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 blah? I think my anxiety is coming from the fact that I want to do something with this space that I'm creating, which is hilarious because I just explained that I feel like the work is not doing anything. So I have this juxtaposition between what I feel like I should be doing and what I am doing when it actually feels good for me. And I'm just working around it. I think that's incredibly beautiful. You're inspired right now. You want to create. I am very inspired right now. Me too. But I'm inspired more by me instead of being so reliant on inspiration from other people. I want the fueling of the inspiration to come from my home this time around. I'm so glad you said that. Same, the inspiration is coming from me. And what I noticed and why that's different in this sober month in comparison to when I was like, you know, 
drinking and going out was that I found that I would have this hamster wheel effect when I would socialize and go drinking. So I would be great. Yes, I'm doing me. I'm going to yoga. I'm doing the meditation. I'm writing. I am creating space for myself. Yes, that was happening. But I was also going out and exerting a ton of energy with people that I love and having a really good time. But you know what I would notice? The next day, a bit of anxiety would come from that place of feeling like maybe I shouldn't have smoked or drank that much. And then there's anxiety coming from, well, I hope she knew that what I said to her came from a really good place. I wanna text or reach out to her or maybe get coffee with this person just to make sure we're on the same page. And then a week later, you're getting coffee to talk about something that's a bit redundant. And then a week later, you're going out again and you're like, I felt like I was hopping onto this wheel of energy output that wasn't doing much for anybody at all. And that feels like completely gone. It truly feels like it's dissolved nearly entirely and I don't miss it. I don't miss that because the relationships and the truths that are coming out about myself and the people that I love, guys, like I can look at those and look at them directly in the face and be like, yeah, that's the truth of it. Sure, it might be a little bit uncomfy or luck. Are we growing apart? Are we growing together? Do I like you more than you like me? Yes, those thoughts are coming up, but at least I can look at it. When I was on that hamster wheel of social maintenance, when I was going out and partying and stuff, I couldn't even look at it because I would get nauseous. I'd be like, well, we're doing the same thing over and over again, Cass. You're doing what you don't even really love to do, but you're doing it over and over again. I don't feel that way right now. God, that's so cool. I totally get exactly what you're saying. I'm so glad it made sense to you. It makes perfect sense to me. I'm sure it'll make perfect sense to everybody else too. It's time for a change. When the fun isn't fun anymore, it's time for a change. <gasps> the Anais Nin quote, let me read it. Incoming. And the day came when the risk it took to remain closed in a bud became more painful than the risk it took to blossom. How good is that? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> an office joke anyways I love that pros and Marina honestly the relationships that I have with people they're so important to me which is why I keep talking about this community aspect to this conversation that we're having. Well, yeah, co-regulation, community, social network systems are the framework in which we survived upon. Totally. So of course, it's natural for us to look at our circles, to ask questions like, are there too many of us here? Are there not enough people here? Or do I predominantly have relationships that fall within this bucket? Meaning like maybe this certain type of perspective or personality type. Do I only find myself getting along with people who agree with me? Do I only surround myself with people who have the same amount of intelligence as I do? It's so interesting to ask yourself why you choose to hang around the people that you choose to hang around with. Totally. You want to know what my therapist has me doing before my next session? What? It goes back to the orb. This is so funny because relationships are so important to me and you're saying it's the fabric in the ways that we develop a network of just survival, right? That's what you said. She has me creating a solar system essentially of people in my life because I'm struggling right now with my relationships. And instead of just looking at it and being like, I don't know what to do. I feel, I feel all of these feelings. It's like, let's take a look at, let's take a look at these feelings. She has me in my own orb, me, Cassandra. And then you, know, I draw a circle around my circle. And then I put people in that circle that are very close to me and that see me and that feel appropriately placed really close to me in my heart. And I draw a circle around that. People who I love to see and I do see and there's a lot of growth and history or maybe they're even new friends that are there that are going to be a part of my life frequently. And then you go outside that circle, right? And it's like, who, who do I want to see when I want to see them and outside of that circle? And I'm literally procrastinating this homework. 
Can you put more than one people in one circle? Of course. Okay. So you Marina, can have- there could be nobody in the first circle. Got it. Do you get the hint, Neen? I'm just kidding. Bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a bad joke. So I don't we, know. why are you procrastinating? So why are you procrastinating? The moment I wake up, I put on my makeup, I say a little prayer for you. Well, come in my hair now, and wondering what dress to wear now, I say a little prayer for you. Wow, that was like the most rock star I've literally ever felt. You looked really good doing it. I felt really, really good holding it like that. So why are you procrastinating, bitch? I'm procrastinating it because that's an uncomfortable thing to do. It's like if she had me put my like my skills and my dreams in those circles too. It's a difficult thing to put on paper because I want it to represent exactly how I feel and think when I change every freaking day. I don't think it's that difficult to do that for me. Well, tell me why. Tell me why. I I don't I wouldn't have a hard time with that exercise. Do you want to do mine for you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For sure. I'll All right, we got to go, guys. See ya. Uh, we're going to go ahead and do my therapy homework. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I mean, that's great that it's not difficult for I'm you. I'm just surprised. It's very cutthroat. Jesus. I'm surprised <laughs> you find it that difficult. It's because, Marina, it's because I'm going to look at my relationships with people that either feels like I want more from them or I want less from them or I want things to be different. And I'm like nervous about that. Feels like I'm leaving a part of myself in the past that I'm not ready to let go of. And there's relationships that are tied to that. There's like, I have FOMO of self. But you're not like confronting these people, are you? (laughs) No, no. So it's just for you. I'm confronting me. Wow. I'm confronting me because like I've said, we're looking at the thing that doesn't feel good anymore. I'm looking at the things that feel good. That includes people, dude. So if I come to, if I put this on paper and I say, okay, I'm going to move this person in a closer circle to my heart or this new person, I just met you, but I want you in the closer circle to my heart or this person that I've known for a little bit longer. And this person might go further away from my heart. Once I acknowledge that to myself, Marina, I can't lie to myself. Like my behaviors and my actions will represent that. Therefore, things will just like slowly start to change. So Marina, unfortunately, what I'm trying to tell you today is you are getting moved to that fourth circle. This is also interesting because when you speak things into existence, it's like you cast a spell or you charge the words. And that's what this exercise would be doing for you. You said this to me last night. Once you look under the sheet, you can't be like, "Ah, JK never saw that. You're like, fuck. Okay. I definitely saw that. You can't unring a bell. One of my good friends says that you can't unring a bell. I love that. You're choosing though that we're choosing to not unsee it. And I think that there has to be this acceptance and this sort of mental drive. You're choosing after you look under the sheet, Neen, you could pretend that you didn't see it. You're choosing to recognize that you saw it. And I think that it takes wanting to acknowledge that for it to have that impact because there are plenty of things that I've lifted up the sheet and then delicately placed it back down been like not now not now Cass we are dealing with that thing in the corner over there that we're looking at because I mean there's only so much one can take on so when I put these things on paper I will be choosing to have seen them and then because I'm really challenging myself to live a life of alignment because I'm so curious of what I can accomplish and the things that I like and who I really am if I don't align with what I put down on paper then I'm lying to myself and I don't have interest in lying to myself for them we're here for the real truths right now I mean that sounds incredibly cheesy and I, I'm all about the cheese these days dude you know what I think that I'm finding 
that I am too. Give me a good quote and I'll repeat it to myself over and over again. But you're right. We are here for the real truth, Smadina. You're right. I, I agree. And I'm believing it. I'm like fully believing it and it's showing up. Like it's, it's showing up in ways that I'm ready for it to show up. I think that there's a lot more, there's a lot more ways that it can present itself, but the ways in which I'm ready for it and welcoming it, it, it's, it's happening. But I can only imagine that there's a lot of other, other ways for truth to show up in me, setting more clear boundaries and exploring relationships differently and stuff like that. Hundo. I also discovered how cool mocktails could get. Dude, I don't tell me. So I don't even think that I miss drinking that much. No, same. I miss feeling a buzz. I actually don't like being drunk or being around drunk people. It triggers me. So it's not the drinking that I actually miss. I just miss the environment of being like in a beautiful ambient space and then sneaking out to the patio with a delicious bourbon drink and smoking a cig. That's what I miss. However, with cocktails and Justin can make an unbelievable mocktail to the point where it barely tastes different because there are non-alcoholic spirits now. So I don't miss the the drinking. I miss I miss the sneaking away with people that really, really know me and sharing a cig. That's what I miss. Yeah, it sounds like you miss the cig because I miss the cig. Uh, my girl MJ showed me these phony Negronis and these non-alcoholic Negroni and Amaros. Oh yeah, we have a non-alcoholic Amaro. That looked great. It's so good. Again, I'm just like such a, like a lushy little, I love to taste and to just like be sipping on something and to be just laughing and chatting. Like I love that oral fixation, satiation. And that's why I would consume so much. And the more excited that I would get or the more sad I would get, depending, the more I would drink. It got to a point where I'm like, there is a correlation between alcohol consumption and what it does to your freaking body. You know what I mean? The more you drink, the more fucked up that you're going to get. And it wasn't that that I was seeking. It was just this like almost like accidental habit that took place that my body then required for it to happen when I would drink. Now with mocktails or just drinking soda water or something that like feels good, I can still do what I very naturally want to do, which is indulge, drink five glasses of soda water with lemon and lime, but obviously not get fucked up from it. And that's what I was like, why were we doing that for so long? You like low key didn't even think twice that there was alcohol in your drink. Your kidneys were working overtime. Totally. For years. How's your skin? It's getting so much better with your help because you have me on working on a ton of different things. What Actually, do I ha- just three things. What do I have you working on? Water, 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 two supplements before bedtime, a fish oil and a PM multi, and which I was doing already, but you told me just to really keep gua shying. And I was getting like topical acne. What's that called? Mm-hmm. Dermal. Top- dermal acne. And I change, I'm obsessive about changing my pillowcases, my sheets. I'm like, what is going on? And the more that I would fixate and be like, Jesus, your skin looks like shit. It would get shittier, Marina. I was literally manifesting poor skin. And then I was like, why do you look like this? Look at all your sisters. Look how beautiful their skin is. And then one day I looked in the mirror. I was like, you are not allowed to pick at your skin anymore. And next time you look at me, you tell me how beautiful I am. Two weeks later have passed. And I'm like, your skin looks perfect. Obsessed obsessed it looks really good so you know i don't know if it's from me you know talking nice to her the largest organ of my body i think this is the best your skin has looked in i don't know a year you know what's funny it's 
been one of my goals this year. Skin was on my vision board. I have a very large picture of a woman's face and her skin is just radiant and dewy. And I, I don't know, I, I, want to, I want to know what that feels like. It's not that I want to look like it. I just want to know what that feels like. So when I look at her skin, I'm like, ah. Your skin is a reflection of everything underneath it. Completely. Yeah, it shows a bit of your soul. It shows a bit of what's going on in there. It's your bodysuit, you know? It's your skin sack. It's just like... You know what I also kind of realized too, Neen? What, Cass? <laughs> I'm going to give it that year mark because I think a lot can happen in a year of not drinking, but I really want to be able to understand what my relationship with drinking was because it's going to take peeling back layer after layer on that onion for me to understand why I developed certain habits, when, what those trends were, where they were coming from, like the who's, the why's, and the what's of the behavior. And I am not ready to do that yet. I think that I, I, it will begin truly after a year. I don't think timeline has anything to do with it. I think that we're going to notice a lot more when we're in drinking situations and we're not drinking. And we'll be like, oh my God, I totally would have had you know, four drinks by now, or you're just going to notice common pathways that are so easy to glide into or steps to take in order to participate in those environments. And we won't be doing that. And I feel like a lot will, will come out of that. Clarity will come out of that. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I'm also kind of thinking about more of the deeper shit, you know? I guess I just mean, have you ever gone into a situation where you've been really high and you've sat in a room full of people doing something that everybody understands and you're like, what the fuck is going on here? Why is everybody operating in this way? Like it feels so surreal. That's what I think is going to happen when we continue to go to experiences, parties, groups, gatherings, and you're the only one not drinking. Yeah, but I haven't been doing those things. I know. I think that that's where that wisdom will come as the year long goes I don't think it's time bound is all I'm saying. I think it's just we're going to get wisdom with our relationship with booze and cigarettes as we continue to be in those environments, but not partaking. Yeah, I guess we'll have to find out. Okay, that's a wrap on episode two. Do you want to leave them with anything, Cass? Did you ever know that you're my hero? You're everything I would like to be. One, two, three, four. And I could fly higher than an eagle. You are the wind beneath my wings. I just wanted to sing that to myself. That was amazing. No, this was great. We went into so many different directions and that's exactly how I feel. Like my brain is going in many different directions right now and I'm loving it. I feel the same way. It feels a little chaotic. It feels hyper emotional because a lot's coming to the surface, but that's just genuine reflection of where we are right now. And we wanted to go into this with all these ideas if we're going to talk about this topic and then this topic, but reality strikes and that's just not how it goes. And we're just trying to sort out a little bit of the chaos, Totally, but it's still a little chaotic right now. Yeah. Hot takes. My skin looks great. I'm scared that I'm going to have no friends by the end of this. And <laughs> I just kidding. I, uh, I feel great and I can't wait for us to keep going with the journey. Peace. Thanks for tuning in y'all until next time.